And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. And welcome back to a brand new and shiny show. Just feels like yesterday. Where does the time go? It's a hugely packed show this week. Yep, lots of lots to fit in. Jordan Gray is back with us, obviously. News, views, and maybe a bit of music. All right, here on Shout Out. Good evening, all. Good and evening. Welcome Hello. back to the studio, Terry. Well, thank you very much. I know, right? And welcome back to Niall. It's been ten years. No. Listeners, I used to be a presenter with Shoutout, and um, you've popped in. I have to yes. give us some info. You've got something very special coming up. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So I sell vintage wares for a living. I have a shop on East Street in Bedminster. And I've become aware that there are actually eight other venues doing a similar thing in, in, within the area, all in across East Street, West Street and North Street, which is all about five minutes from each other. So I thought, well, OK, the people in BS3 know that we're a destination for vintage, but does the rest of Bristol? So I got talking to the Bedminster Beard and to their media group gurus and came up with the Bedminster Vintage Bonanza. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to get that name, well, Niall? Actually, I did that quite quickly because the name they came up was God Awful and I had one night to come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> How bad was it? <laughs> bad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I basically uh, got in touch with all of the other business owners. Um, and when I, when I say eight venues, by the way, that's not just eight traders because some of those venues are massive and have multiple traders within, this, within them. So we're talking about over 31 vintage traders in that small area. It wow. really, if you like vintage shopping, it's definitely the place to go. You're going to have to expand straight away, aren't I you? I know, I know. The shop's absolutely packed with stuff at the moment as I well. I never cross the river. Well, oh. that's the trouble, you see. That's why Isn't I thought it? it's a boundary. You're yeah, safe yeah, to vote. Yeah, that's what. That's why I thought it was so important to let you all know because, yeah, you're quite right. People don't tend to cross the river, and we've just, thank God, just in time, Jail Ferry Bridge has been fixed, so you can walk across. Oh, yeah. That's why people weren't crossing the cut. That's right, yeah, because you had to go round. Yes. You want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That area's really Love changed it. as well, though, isn't there? There's lots of housing. It's, it's really changing. Oh, Bedminster's really up and coming. Yeah, there's, um, they've built, they're building three big student accommodation blocks there. Mm, I saw one of those going up today, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't ogling the workman or anything, but I did yeah, yeah, yeah. notice the blocks <laughs> going up. Yeah, yeah. It's quite, for those of us who live in the area, it's quite been quite a painful period, but um, in, in about five years' time, trade is going to be fantastic yeah so um so if it is successful yeah you're going to branch out and go nationwide <laughs> well i'm already nationwide uh, although although that's where my premises is um i sell online and that's where i started okay. so so I, I sell all over the country and in fact all over europe and and the world okay so mm. give people yeah. everything they need to know to buy stuff well, first of all, let me tell you where to where to look for the trail information. So it's running from the 25th of um, of this month, so that's Monday, till the 8th of October. Now that's coinciding very purposefully with um, 
uh, Sustainable Fashion Week. I don't personally specialise in, in vintage clothes, but some of the others do, and we just thought, yeah, that'd be a nice tie-in. So that's that's the period. And if you visit us between uh, between the 25th of September and the 8th of October, you will uh, enjoy a 10% off if you say BS3 Bonanza or Bedminster Bonanza to the person who owns the store. Oh, you'll you'll okay. be able to get 10% off. In addition... Uh, if you visit all eight venues and look out for the golden goose egg in each venue, make a note of the letter on that egg, and when you've got all eight, um, you'll see a word forming out of that. You can then email that word to needfulthings slash, not slash, dash, <laughs> UK <laughs> at outlook.com, and you'll then be entered into a prize draw to win £50 to spend in my shop. Ooh. Yeah. Now, obviously, all of that information is on the is on the the web page. Um, if you were to go onto Instagram or Facebook and and Google, not Google, because you're on Facebook, you'd Google on Google, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> search Bedminster Vintage Bonanza. You should right. hopefully find everything you need. And I think you guys are going to put the links on your. Yes, we will. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So do you want to know a bit about the stuff I sell? Yeah, please. Well, we've only got one minute. Ah. So um, if you could give people the address of where they go to have a look and see what you, your wares are. Oh, my own personal. Yeah, okay. So um, I, 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 I list all of my stuff on Facebook, so on Facebook Marketplace. But I also have my own Facebook group. Um, if you were to search Needful Things Vintage on Facebook, you'll find my group. And if you join, you'll see everything I've listed and everything that I list daily. Excellent. Well, good luck with it. Thank you very much. And let us know how it goes. Will do. Thank you very much. Brilliant. And thank you for coming back after 10 years. It's been really nice. (laughs) Where have you been all our life? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Niall. Cheers. The Shout Out Podcast. This segment is sponsored by Talk to the Rainbow Councillor. Visit talktotherainbow.co.uk. Shout Out. LGBT Radio for you. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No. It's Jordan Gray again. Welcome back, Jordan, to Shout Out. Thank you so much for having me. That's a lovely introduction. I'm never going to get tired of hearing I'm neither a bird nor a plane. <laughs> now, the How last... are you? It's been so I, long. How it has, yeah. And we first spoke, um, taking our listeners way back to um, Western Prides, where we first met. And um, we actually... Um, did our first chat and uh, interview and i tell you what we were sat in the studio when we first heard you on at western pride and we all said wow she's gonna be going far she's oh that's so her bigger things you were really really good um and then um we obviously done an interview with you just before you did the the channel four thing and it, yes you yeah. just it went wild didn't it your career was meteoric after that it was bonkers so that the is it a bird is it a plane referring of course to the name of my show is it a bird that i took to the edinburgh fringe last year and for a couple of days this year um it, it took off so fast and then channel four deemed it necessary uh, to pop me on to their live Friday Night Live revival, which I was very grateful for. Um, and I, I I performed on that programme, a, a small snippet from the end of my live show. What I will say is after you've ingratiated yourself with an audience for 45 minutes, that surprise little snippet at the end, it doesn't really come as a surprise. When you pop on live TV and do it after three and a half minutes, <laughs> it, it rubs some people up the wrong way. Um, but yes, it was it was a ca- bit of a ca- cataclysmic, meteoric 
sort of experience, which I'm very grateful for. I've I've enjoyed my year immensely. It's been wonderful. Yeah, and well deserved as well, Jordan. How have you put up with it? Because I know anyone who's trans who puts their head above the parapet takes a hit from the the right wing and you know people like JK. Um, how is physically and metaphorically speaking yeah like being transgender does mean like for example if i pop my heels on my head is naturally above every type of parapet i am about a foot taller than everyone else so i've always had that experience of kind of uh i'm always being looked at anyway i used to be how you said big ginger afro in school and so they looked at me because of that and then i was on tv on the voice and they looked at me because of that and now i've got nude on channel four and they look at me because of that i think people just like to look at stuff <laughs> look at things that are actually actually yeah, that's a really good point that's a really good point <laughs> now how long did it take it did it take a, a a long time to put the channel four show together or did you have that in the pipeline and it built organically over the years it was a very quick um turnaround from my performance from my show in the edinburgh fringe doing well and i got to meet lots of television commissioners and then uh, channel four they reached out and they said well what basically what they do every year is they the, the television commissioners they visit the edinburgh fringe to find new talent the new emerging comedy talent and i was lucky enough to be in a pool of those and i was nominated for the awards so they naturally they come to see that show um the turnaround was so fast that so uh, listeners that didn't see it, i i disrobed on channel four and the idea my original idea was that i wanted a, a magician's cotton uh suit that i was going to set on fire that would disappear before your very eyes and then i would be nude it, it was such a quick turnaround that we got to about three days before and channel four said you know you can't do that <laughs> that's bonkers that's mad that's how fast we were moving like that this was this was just going to happen you know in some form or another so instead we um we had a lovely man named john with a length of fishing wire pull the suit from about 11 feet behind the studio <laughs> so it would come flying off backwards um but no it's all it's been so fast everything has happened so so quickly you sort of are obliged a little bit to lean into the overnight success story that people heap on you when in reality of course i've been doing this for 10 15 years in some way or another but comedy for five music for 10 i would say yeah yeah now you're also um uh, a musician so how did you get into music was that was that always something within your family absolutely it was yes um not necessarily in a professional sense my dad was a elvis dance impersonator not a singer just the dancing he's very good at it um so he liked the stage my mum had a beautiful voice but she never did anything with it professionally but there was always music happening um and when you are a sort of a, a little lonely kid and you show an aptitude for anything i suppose you sort of you're encouraged to do more of that by your family because it, it makes you happy and music was the thing there was never a plan b for me i was always going to be a little singer uh, i wrote my first song when i was i guess at seven or eight years old and my mum loved it so much she put it on a cassette and sent it to all these radio stations that very politely declined <laughs> this <laughs> seven-year-old's music it's very sweet um it was always in the house big country divas and elvis my dad's obviously a big elvis fan um music means everything to me it's very strange that i'm doing comedy for a living now but of course i do combine the two we do silly songs so i still get to twinkle the ivories yeah every night do you still write music are you still is, is that still an inclination or is the the comedic side more important to you it's i think it's a matter of time actually i don't have the time to sit and write songs um that haven't been ordered I, my whole life now is just me fulfilling uh development on things that someone's paid for and is waiting for me to finish so i have to do my comedy first that said um i'm very 
keen to put out another album at some point. Um, I, I toured and recorded music for 10 years under the name uh, Tall Dark Friend, did seven albums and I did uh, did Europe and I've enjoyed my time in music immensely. I just think I didn't have anything else to say musically um, that I couldn't say with comedy a lot faster. Like comedy is very specific, you can get right to the core of it. Music's quite ethereal and ephemeral and you kind of it's about the vibe. But I do have a song in my heart that I'm, I think I'm going to probably put out at the beginning of next year. I'm, I'm a big fan of the videos, the video accompaniment. So I like the whole project. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. getting everyone in costumes and getting, yeah, that's putting, putting out a piece of art. Whether or not I ever play it live is a different thing, but making a music video is very appealing to me. Yeah. You're probably too young, but um, if if um, you've seen MTV when it first came out, so that was the start of every artist um, making videos that were really important. And in the end, things like Thriller of Michael Jackson became a, a world premiere on MTV and was 15 minutes long. And although the song was was brilliant, you know, the video was incredible. It's a real piece of art. I discovered Michael Jackson CDs in my mum's cupboard when, when I was very young. And that was, for me, the big thing. So, yes, I'm a, I, I, those videos are bored into my brain for sure. Just something bigger than the sum of its parts. Like a, 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 an artist putting out a 15-minute music video that's like a piece of cinema. Yeah. It just hadn't happened, you know, so that, yeah, that's um, that's kind of my aspiration. I do want to do more of that. Excellent. Excellent. Now, I was going to chat to you about um, sparkling water, parties that you hold in your mouth and TVs that are in the corner of restaurants showing old soaps. But I think James A. Castor covered that quite well with you. <laughs> so, <laughs> that would be quite a coincidence if we covered the same ground. But you're right. Yes, we did. We did cover that. Um, that was a lovely experience. Thanks for bringing that up. Off Menu. Are you a fan of the Off Menu podcast in general? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah I was listening to it and, and your piece. They're really good, aren't they, with people? Yeah. Baycaster, and it was so funny. I, and it's quite organic the way you talk to them. And the, you know, you started with sparkling water, and then went on to it's like a party in your mouth. And yeah, it's um, it's quite quite a lovely show. They both got very surreal comedy inclinations, but James more so than Ed. And so that they bounce off each other so well. So if you can find your little niche, you can get in there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're very easy to to banter with. Yeah. Yeah, they are indeed. Um, now, so instead of so talking about sparkling water, we go back to your childhood. How was it for you growing up with gender dysphoria? It's a confusing old time, isn't it? I mean, everyone experiences these things differently. We have to always be conscious of that, that I'm not a spokesperson for our community. Very happy to take on that mantle, but I, I have different experiences than other people have had. I'm, that said, I imagine a lot of people can relate to a vague sense of kind of perhaps being an island unto yourself i don't remember thinking i was a girl or a boy but i remember thinking i was an alien i do remember quite vividly thinking i must be an alien because these patterns don't seem to fit um and you like i say you, you kind of naturally um things that you enjoy you'll lean into those things a little bit more perhaps to the detriment of friendships and things that you don't fully understand it's weird going through life with a mask that you don't know that you're wearing that's always a kind of a strange thing to experience i grew up in deepest darkest Thurrock in Essex, not to speak ill of anywhere, but it's a difficult place in general to sort of be be a person. Um, it's got a little bit of it's a commuter town, so everyone just sleeps in Thurrock and then goes to work in London. So it's kind of there's a bit of a sense of hopelessness in some of Thurrock um, and a sense of wanting to get out. I transitioned, I suppose. I'm not a late life transitioner, but I certainly wasn't, a, I guess, what you would call a trans kid. Isn't it? it wasn't a situation where you're like, oh, well, of course, we know what's happening here. Let's do what we can to um, make this child's life better. It was in my 
late teens early 20s that I really realized that it was something I could practically do I'm a I'm a science nerd I'm a big nerd for biochemistry and science and medicine so when I realized it was possible I saw videos I thought wow this is like Star Trek we could I could actually do something about this this isn't don't have to linger in this loneliness for a long time um then I made the practical steps there was a great YouTuber I can't remember their name I'm afraid I think it's something like quarterback I think that was their what they said this this wonderful trans woman and just seeing their progression like really matter-of-factly done just their chemical uh, progression and the, the change I thought oh I'm, I'll have a bit of that <laughs> that's a bit less for me it's comforting to see those examples of people out there living their lives happily was um was your your parents okay with with how um inverted commas different <laughs> were they okay with that and encouraged that artistic side of you and that difference wonderfully supportive parents but um i think what happens with a lot of artists that end up with this kind of complex that i've got which isn't just needing to impress people all the time just doing my best is that you get one very uh supportive parent and one quite withholding parent both lovely really lovely in their own ways i suppose my dad might describe himself as more practical than withholding like he's just really he's, think about the money think about the second you know the what's what's the safety net type thing it's not not a bad thing to think whereas my mum was more doubt like everything was whatever you want to do definitely definitely do it at the detriment of worries and money and things and you get that loop within yourself of okay i always want to impress my my mum i'm gonna to go to my mum for easy impress then i'm going to go to my dad if it you know and it's it kind of just lives in you um and that's probably extended to being transgender as well my neither of my parents ha have a bigoted bone in their bodies in that regard like that it, it was a, an easy it wasn't an easy conversation to broach but once it had been broached it was easy to put the pieces together i was terrified of telling my dad i told my mum here's what happened as i told my mother in a garden one day i said i think i'm going to live my life as a woman now i believe that's to be the case she said that's wonderful what sort of woman are you going to be which is a lovely question to ask what i quickly realized was she's only got really five examples of women in her head she goes <laughs> she said well you could be a sporty woman i said i suppose i could be a sporty woman she goes you could be a posh woman you could go back to being ginger and i said i think you're just listing the spice girls mum <laughs> that's i realized she that's uh, five examples of women with the spice girls um i told my dad uh, over text because I was terrified and he called me back about 15 minutes later to say you're always going to be my kid and it that doesn't really matter and then he told me that um that there's some penguins in the wild that are gay <laughs> and that, I think in his mind it was kind of a similar thing it's like you know there's some penguins that live with other men penguins uh, okay <laughs> we're on, I guess yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there who um, get confused with gender and sexuality. And I had that when I transitioned at work. Oh, you, right. you like guys then? Uh, well, actually not. You've heard of lesbians and gay men. And yeah, so some people can play to yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Shout Out Podcast. Shout out news, welcome. We are in the middle of celebrations for Bisexual Awareness Week. It will run all this week and culminates on Saturday the 23rd of September, which is International Bisexual Visibility Day, also known as Celebrate Bisexuality Day. Wikipedia reports that Bisexual Awareness Week was co-founded by GLAD, that's the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, and Binet USA, to educate people on obstacles faced by the bisexual community, as well as to set policies that ensure bisexual acceptance 
acceptance and social integration. A full international list of events is online at biovisibilityday.com. Why not celebrate with some of our compatriots in the bisexual podcasting community? If you visit the website queerpodcasts.net, you can browse hundreds of independent and innovative community podcasts that are made by and for people of different identities. There are many under the bisexual label to choose from, so enjoy what is on offer, and always remember, keep in touch with bi and the wider LGBTQIA media world. Diva Magazine, the publication for lesbian, gay and bi women, reports from the Stonewall Equality Dinner that was held in mid-September. They say UK Black Pride organiser Lady Phil Nicola Sturgeon and our very own publisher Linda Riley attended the 23rd annual Stonewall Equality Dinner hosted by comedian and broadcaster Sandy Toxvig. The dinner was held to celebrate the progress we have made together in our struggle for LGBTQI plus people's human rights in the UK and across the world. They go on. The work of Stonewall is vitally important in our current climate and the organisation recently launched their campaign in response to Rishi Sunak delaying the passing of laws which would ban conversion therapy. Through Stonewall, over 2,000 people sent postcards to Rishi Sunak to ask that he ban conversion therapy once and for all. Diva magazine celebrates 29 years in print in 2023. If you like what we do, then get behind LGBTQIA media and keep us going for another generation. Your support is invaluable, they say. Queer Guru website reports that the world's only independent lesbian museum, the Charlotte Museum, has just opened in Auckland, New Zealand. It is on Kalahange Hape Road, which is commonly known as K Road and has a long queer history. In the 1970s, it was home to one of the country's first lesbian nightclubs, as well as several gay clubs in the 80s. The museum has grown out of an ongoing project of archiving our collective LGBTQIA history over the decades, started by a group of activists in the early 2000s. The Charlotte Museum is now in its new K Road location, boasts upwards of 7,000 publications, plus banners, badges, flyers and underground zines covering a huge period of LGBT plus history. And in legal news, Pink News reports that activists are urging actor David Tennant, best known for his work in the drama series Casanova and Doctor Who, to consider taking legal action against anti-gay and anti-transgender extremist Kelly J. Keane Minsell, who accused Mr Tennant of being a paedophile because of his allyship of LGBTQI plus people. Calling gay people trans people and their allies paedophiles has been a preferred far-right wing modus operandi since before the Stonewall era. A lawyer previously told Pink News that people who call others groomers, paedophiles or other anti-LGBTQ plus slurs online could be in serious danger of being sued. With the internet and social media awash with these calumnies against LGBTQI people and their allies, many now believe that engaging in court is the best way to regulate this unlawful behaviour of people such as Joanne Rowling and Miss Keane Minshall. The Daily Mirror, meanwhile, reports that gay raconteur and broadcasting legend Stephen Fry is recovering in hospital this week after falling six feet from a stage in London. He is understood to have sustained minor injuries. Mr Fry was delivering a presentation about the dangers of artificial intelligence and revealed how his voice had already been stolen by AI machines who had then made him say whatever their creators wanted. He warned that famous people could be seemingly made to call for the storming of Parliament or narrating hardcore pornography. 
ITV West News reports that a heterosexual thug aged in his early 20s is being sought for attacking a young man in a homophobic and transphobic assault. The incident happened on 29th July at around 3.30pm in Turtle Bay in Cheltenham Road in Bristol. The perpetrator is described as white in his late teens or early 20s, 5 foot 10, of medium build with medium length brown hair, which was shaved on the side and longer on the top. Anyone with information is asked to call 101 and give the call hander the reference number 522-318-2231. And finally, the next few days mark several festivals of importance to LGBTQIA plus people of various backgrounds and beliefs. As we go out live on Thursday, the September the 21st, it is the Autumn Equinox. This astronomical event sees the start of autumn proper and is marked by many traditions. In Christianity, it is often the time for a harvest festival, during which surplus foods are donated to local elderly people's homes or homeless shelters, and God is thanked for the bounty of the agricultural year. Humanists and atheists often observe the Equinox as a secular festival in the year's progress, whilst for various branches of paganism, September the 21st is a feast called Mabon. Also approaching are Yom Kippur on Monday the 25th of September. This is the holiest day in Judaism and the small religion of Samaritanism. It is primarily centred on atonement and repentance. The day's main observances consist of full fasting and ascetic behaviour accompanied by long prayer services in synagogue. And it's Maulid al-Nabi on Wednesday the 27th of September. This marks the day of celebration of the birth of the Prophet Muhammad, the founder of the Islamic religion. Although some sects of Islam do not observe this date, it is widely marked with family gatherings and celebrations, including processions in cities with large Muslim communities. However you mark this time of year, we wish you many blessings. Don't forget to keep abreast of LGBTQI Plus news as it happens. There are many news wires online and of course we update our own website daily at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Terry Stark and Ezra Peregrine. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. So what was school um, and college like for you? School was, um, it was sort of lonely, gravitating towards people that maybe were a bit more gender non-conforming. You always kind of like see those people. In fact, you know, like finding a Michael Jackson CD and you're like, well, that person is... I mean, they 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 present as a man, and but they also once were a black man, and now is now a white man with sort of a, a Liz Taylor sort of a vibe to them. This person's gone through quite a journey, um, and they gravitating towards that. People like Bowie, and you know, there's just just having those examples of people that were uh, that had gone through the eye of the needle was quite appealing. Not knowing myself that I was going to do that one day, that was probably a natural inclination. Mm. Um, college was, uh, things open up in college, don't they? You get a lot more wonderful people walking around, you get the drama departments, they suddenly are, you know, cartwheeling through the corridors. Ah, oh, there's, there's liberal open-minded people here, that's great. The people that don't want to learn, bless, for, like perhaps circumstantially, or they simply don't want to do it, they don't always end up in college, do they? The people that don't have the most open minds in terms of their own future, 
perhaps they're not there. Now, that's a sweeping generalisation to make because I know it affects people in different ways. But I would say as a sweeping generalisation, college is full of left-leaning, well-meaning people that are trying to figure out their lives. So it's nice. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice safety map. When you're transgender and you work in the arts, you have a natural safety net of, well, everything is kind of uh, non-conforming anyway. Like it, you want to present a different way one day on stage? Well, that's costume that's character that you know you've got that to lean into while you're still also figuring out who you are so college was a light at the end of a very dark tunnel of school mm. which is a word i just made up yeah so who you mentioned bowie so who was your music inspiration who did you love most as as an artist or what what genre of music i loved a guy called jeff buckley who is criminally underrated and un un underknown he um he's famous for his cover of leonard cohen's hallelujah but jeff buckley was a guy that he like is an acoustic guitarist um and singer the son of tim buckley the folk legend and he died criminally young i think in the 1994 at the age of 30 or something like that and i always thought i'm an atheist but i thought he's probably an angel i think if i was actually if i believed in angels it, uh, maybe i do because jeff buckley is right there and he, he's, he looks like one and he sounds like one it made me believe in uh, yeah the possibility of something beyond the world that we live in. Love a bit of Jeff. It's amazing, isn't it? When you go through pain of dysphoria as a kid, the songs that you listen to are tattooed on your heart forever as well. So speaking of tattoo, I mean, that's actually a weird coincidence, but my mum loved Tattoo, the band. My mum's a lesbian and, and the Tattoo Girls that came out. And, that was, and I remember that listening to that during a very confusing time in my life gender wise trying to figure out myself all the things you said all the things you said i won't keep singing because you might not be able to clear that but um <laughs> that that's a, that one hits me quite hard i don't know what about you do you have songs that really hit that remind you of a time when you were figuring oh yourself yeah out? i think one of my all-time favorites is a 60s track um uh, called alone again or by love and oh. those words resonated because i was a loner um when i was like four and five growing up i just played with the girls and no one cared yeah um, but that song just haunts me um because it is about you know i love humanity i love people but tonight i'm gonna be alone again and uh, yeah that's the set the saddest part is become maybe becoming more self-aware it puts you in a bracket let's not say above but a bracket to the side of everybody else the more self-aware you become because other people don't have to go through this thing that we've gone through so they will never experience that it's a difficult thing for us to share it does sort of push you off to the side a little bit can't be helped can't be helped we're in our own little bracket um oh that's a lovely one i'm glad you've got those songs as well that's nice to know that like that's what you'd say I, th I think not just for trans people but i think for everyone music is so important and people can gauge their lives through music oh yes yeah. that's when i got married or you know that's when we had our first child and you know yeah. music is so important to all of us you know but obviously you know like you say to the most part trans uh women are quite lonely before transition um, because they are different. You gravitate to the girls and women and you're pushed back. Yeah, yeah, that rejection, that's no, it's, it's, it's not that it's nobody's fault. It's just that it's a systemic problem. It's not those little girls' fault that they've been growing up in a systemic society, like a society with systemic gender-separated <laughs> apparatus in it. That's the funny thing about being transgender. I say funny, that it's hard as well, isn't it? But like, there's so many situations that we're in where it's heartbreaking, but it's nobody's fault that our hearts are broken. That's the thing, like a like a misgendering situation. Oh, it really hurts. But that person didn't do it on purpose. It's, it's uh, something that's 
they've, they've built in their brain. So there's no blame to be put anywhere. Maybe we, and then sometimes we put it on ourselves. And it, it's so weird that we go through life where some, sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes we have to get our hearts broken, maybe more so than the average person, maybe not. But it's kind of a powerful thing to realize in ourselves that it's that heart breakages, like mug breakages, will just happen. <laughs> will just happen often. It's uh, we can we can move around it and we can put things in place. But knowing that that's knowing that that's a part of life, mm, I don't know. It, it helps. It, it, I feel like that evolved me into a slightly more evolved person. That I was able to accept that sometimes things, bad things, just happen, and it's actually not anyone's fault. Yeah. Do you think you feel more grounded because of the the negative and the positive experiences has has made you a better person? That's a great question. I hundred percent agree with that. Yes, the baseline is very. I've got a very um, un undulating waveform of a baseline by which I mean so many lovely compliments and so many horrible insults. After a while, neither really gets through the skin, um, which is a shame because compliments are lovely things to receive. But I, I find it difficult to take them. But I also don't feel a single a water off a duck's back with the insults. So it's just a very thin baseline of my life. Nothing really sort of happens once in a while i'll have a lovely conversation with a wonderful presenter on a radio station and that will pique my excitement and I'll, I'll have a nice morning uh, obviously such as your lovely self um but in general my life's pretty boring <laughs> pretty mundane and boring um and i like it that way that's just who i am i'm quite a i'm quite a i'm a gray by name gray by nature i'm quite a gray person really and, and that is definitely in reaction to just a life weirdly lived you know so much information coming in good and bad um it does ground you yes yeah. how's your family um been with you because you've traveled and you're obviously away a lot and you're off to liverpool tonight and you um i'm hoping that you're feeling 100 percent now because after bristol you became very ill and just as you came to bristol i had covid so i'm, thinking, oh, no, I'm oh, sorry about that i hope she hasn't got covid <laughs> yeah no all good that was a it, I got I had like scarring on my lungs. Thank you for asking. It's very sweet. I coughed up so much during COVID a few weeks ago that I did some damage to my lungs. So I was more on steroids than antibiotics. Um, but I'm feeling much better. Yes, Liverpool Good. tonight, Cardiff yeah. tomorrow, then the rest of the tour. Yes, thank you. Um, Bristol was a great show. I mean, I was I was my nose was running a little bit, and we worked that into the show. Um, <laughs> but in general, yes, I'm I'm feeling much better. Thank you good good now like i was uh, saying is it been affecting your family very much you traveling because you went to australia now you're touring the uk and that, and i guess the touring now is not going to stop anytime soon no this tour in itself at least runs till november the uk tour but after that we do we are jumping around all over europe um it's i, I like my wife a lot and not seeing her is it's sad <laughs> i don't i do like seeing my wife on a daily basis um my parents bless them they're always in touch uh my dad's quite upset <laughs> so he's always the practical he's always obsessed with ticket sales so he's like how are they doing how, how are we doing for sales that's fine fine okay. it's usually the other way around i'm the one saying oh i'm not sure i don't know we've got to sell loads of tickets and he'd be like okay you just keep keep the margins low <laughs> like he's a real businessman yeah um so he's always asking about that. They, they always just want to make sure I'm okay. Um, this is perhaps a little bit too personal for the radio, but because I, I got to, got this scarring on my lungs, I ended up taking so many steroids that I think I might have kidney stones. <laughs> so now, now we're on to the kidney stone leg of the tour. So I'll be, I'll be jumping about like an idiot, but there won't be any snot, but there might be some winces of pain if I do a little twist in the wrong way. I'm hoping that those stones are gone by the weekend. I've had stones before. So they're, they're not again. You know, it's no one's fault. No, 
very like, painful though isn't it very painful oh yes they are yes i'm sitting on two very painful stones at the moment but we'll see we'll see it's, i mean what a privilege it is to go around the country performing a couple of stones not going to get in my way yeah yeah and it's very good for you and you deserve it you've worked damn hard jordan and like you say you. this isn't sudden it was sudden fame i guess because of the channel four thing but before that you were already working and already successful it's just uh now more people 